Hello, everyone, and welcome to Artifications. I'm going to be taking you through the podcast today. My name is Roland Ramos. Based in Brooklyn, New York, we love to take a look at art scenes all over the world and visit them and conduct interviews and basically take a look at how the art scenes got to where they are. Historically speaking, every place has an origin story. It's our great honor to explore the fascinating connections between antiquity and our contemporary art scenes. Today, I'm excited to speak with you about a specific time in our recent shared history. It's August 2020 in the United States. Galleries, as well as most businesses, had been shuttered for the past eight months and were just beginning to open up to the outside. The promise of a vaccine was on the horizon and racial tensions were at an all-time high. Not to mention that this was all taking place during a contentious year of election where identity politics were highly polarizing. My dear friend Tyler and I decided to travel across the United States by car with the intention of stopping off at multiple cities along the way to learn about their local art history and scene and how they were faring during these crazy times. The world was sharing a similar story. How will we ever reopen in the face of all these adversities? Well, open they did, and we were thrilled to capture their stories here at Artifications. Seeing everything unfold from New York in 2020, it felt like we were at the tip of a spear, and what we were experiencing with this city shutting down in this particular way was bound to unfold throughout the entire country. Now, at this point in time, everyone was worried about the economy going under due to businesses having to shut down. Art scenes I know were hit super hard because for the most part, art thrives on human interaction within galleries and settings like this. It immediately became apparent to the entire art world simultaneously that a new dynamic had to be created for almost every facet of this game. Artists had to learn how to sell directly to patrons exclusively almost online. Galleries, regardless of their often wide open open internal spaces had to limit interactions and now had to revisit their relationship to their inventory in new and engaging ways. Art stores all over the country now found themselves competing directly with Amazon and other popular online retailers for market share. I invited Tyler, essentially the co-producer for this short cross-country series, to sit down and uh, help navigate this journey. Before we jump into that, I would ask you to do two things, please. One, support our Patreon page, and number two, subscribe to our YouTube page. Both links can be found in our show notes. We hope to look back in the near future and say, thank you, dear listener, for helping us get to 300 YouTube subscribers. But for now, on with the show. We're here with my friend and yours, Tyler Ross. Tyler was the inspiration for this cross-country trip. Now, it's been just about a year since this material was filmed. And uh, to get a little bit of a sense of what exactly this entailed and the thoughts behind it, I wanted to turn it over to Tyler, who's actually going to tell us uh, about what the ideas were behind the trip and also where we were going and a little bit about that place. Hey, so I'm Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Just to give you the background, Roland and I have been friends for 30 years. 30. 30. The big 3-0. Yes. So the whole trip started out just sort of randomly because 
I was connected to somebody on Facebook and you Instagram. You were connected next to uh, to this girl who lives out in Montana, right? Yes. And so what was this place that we made the destination? So the whole thing came about because I had the opportunity to go out to Montana. I'd never been there before. It was the summer. I wanted to camp. I wanted to go to this campground and, and meet this person and you know, actually get to know someone IRL as opposed to in screen world. So, and they started a business, right? Yeah. So the, the, the lead up to that was that the pandemic arrived yeah. and she was actually running a boutique hotel in Portland, Oregon. Oh yeah. Which I was equally excited to go to earlier on before that went away. But unfortunately because of the pandemic, she had to leave the hotel and she wound up moving back to Ronan, Montana, which Montana, is where she's from. Ronan. Yeah. That was the place. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was called the Magical Trout Farm, right? The Rainbow, Magical Rainbow Trout Farm and mm-hmm. Camping Experience Express or something. It was amazing. It was, it was a hip campsite. And I remember looking like we were in the campsite, which we were glamping, right? Mm-hmm. We were glamping in a... Wait, a, let, me, let me just... Jump in here for a second. I just wanted to give people the info because hip camp is basically Airbnb for campsites. Camping hip. So yeah. So if you own land, you can just hip camp it to people that want to stay on it. Yeah, that's cool. So that's that's what Meredith was doing, and I think she's still doing it actually. But um, we went on the hip camp site. You got the you got the glamp site, right? Yeah. So that, that was our destination. Yeah. Now, what do you remember the most about Ronan and the, and the, and the and then the magical trout farm. Well, first, I just remember being blown away by Montana because it's one of those things that if you've never been there, the pictures don't do it justice. So just a, a beautiful state. I mean, mountains everywhere and forests and just open spaces and no smog and no traffic and no people, you know, screaming at you in traffic. Um, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's something that every American should experience. Maybe maybe not Montana, because you know, that's up to you, but you've got to drive cross-country. You have to do it at one point in your life. The American experience, essentially. And have, having Montana as a destination to celebrate this American experience was perfect, because... You know, it was small town feel, and I remember we went to uh, another little town, Hamlet, was full of Mm -hmm. galleries up there, and I remember that I declared it was a day off, but there was no joke, tons of galleries in this one little section called, like, Big Fish or Spoon Fish or something. Big Fork. Big Fork, that's it. Yeah, we went to Big Fork, and the other town we went to was Whitefish. That's right, Whitefish, Big Fork. And I remember you had venison with like, was it venison? We went to a Japanese place. You went to a Japanese place, but you had not emu. It was deer. It was reindeer. It was, it was, it was raw meat. Remember? Yeah. I remember. But it was was elk. It was, it was elk. elk. No, it was bison or some kind of reindeer elk moose. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> but it was red meat. It was raw meat in a Japanese spot. And it was yes. like elk or emu or something. It was basically somebody shot some, someone shot, someone shot some large animal and we ate it raw. And the sushi chef there, I remember, was exceptionally talented. The whole point was, it was how many thousands of miles there and back cross-country that we did? 
so all in because we didn't do route 80 which is the shortest but also most boring route to take i think all in it was about 7200 miles and it was just fun and games the whole way right now how did we agree to overnights because it took essentially one month to do right and it was something where it it came together organically and we didn't plan out every single aspect of the trip we basically sort of knew these will be our legs and or generally you know roughly had an idea that we're going going to be a bunch of legs to the trip and then as we were going uh you know you figured it all out and navigated and said all right let's get to here next because then we'll be this far from this city and you know so it was all oriented towards shooting artifications and and getting good footage and you know getting getting those scenes that you know we were sort of stitched across the country so the first real art destination was chicago that's right chicago that's illinois right that is illinois yeah and it's on the chicago river correct it's on the chicago river and lake michigan so they've got water coming out the wazoo out there My favorite thing about Chicago is the yearly return of the Beatles Fest that takes place just outside of Chicago downtown. Now, Chicago has long overcome its reputation as a backwater seedy city. Its standing in the international art world is one of respect and appreciation. The Loop, as its downtown area is named, has plenty of art installations and is home to numerous fascinating art museums, including the Art Institute of Chicago and the Historic Field Museum of Natural History. Trendy neighborhoods such as Wicker Park are full of artists. We're going to focus on the River North District with its multitudes of sanctioned gallery spaces and the colorful Hyde Park area just due south. The River North Design District was founded in 1993 and is bordered by the Chicago River on its west and southern boundaries. We meet with Carl Hammer, owner of the Hammer Gallery, as they are installing a new exhibition. The gallery tends to show work of outsider artists, but not exclusively. I'm Carl Hammer. My name is Carl Hammer. Uh, we are at the Carl Hammer Gallery at 740 North Wells in Chicago, Illinois. Initially, the gallery opened in 1968 uh, under the name Hammer and Hammer American Folk Art. Uh, at that time, I was married and uh, we put both of our names as co-partners of the uh, gallery on the, on the, on the window. Uh, Within maybe a half a dozen years later, uh, uh, the name changed to Carl Hammer Gallery exclusively under my name. And uh, then uh, we were on Michigan Avenue at that point in time and eventually moved here to the, uh, the uh, River North Gallery District, which at the time was probably the number one gallery district here in Chicago. And we've been here ever since, actually, uh, now just a little over 40 years. I wanted to take a moment to address the difference between folk art and outsider art. While folk art and outsider art are not the same thing, they generally both get lumped together because, as the name implies, they refer to an artist who operates outside the traditional pedigree system. 
followed by the arts and its industries. For example, an artist uh, coming up from high school would go into an art school and from there would uh, work with a gallery and on their career. And you find that in Europe a lot. Now, here as an outsider, you come up almost like a Basquiat, where they never went to an art school. A folk artist may be a self-taught artist with no traditional schooling, where an outsider artist may also be a self-taught artist then who may also be disabled or otherwise operationally impaired. Now, whether it's outside or folk art, their collectors are a fiercely loyal group. And much like this brand of artists, the founder of Hammer Gallery did not come up by any traditional gallery owner's route either. 40 years. Not being an art graduate or uh, having gone to art school, I was a high school English teacher. So at that point in time, it it was, you know, a way of identifying who we were and uh, what I was collecting basically personally and uh, then eventually evolved into becoming a business. Uh, the gallery district, uh, the River North Gallery District was probably the gallery district, as I said before, for Chicago. Um, uh, that was before that, uh, the major gallery location was where I initially opened, was, which was on Michigan Avenue here in Chicago. In what is called or was called the Breskin Building, it doesn't it doesn't exist any longer. But all the major names in uh, Chicago art uh, gallery uh, wise, at least uh, that um, they they were all located there. And I felt that if I was going to show this kind of work, I wanted to put it into the context of a contemporary art um, gallery scene, and that's where why uh, I chose the. Uh, the first gallery location as I did and then as as the galleries found larger space and uh, cheaper rent uh, other than Michigan Avenue uh, everybody started moving over here into this des- kind of slowly deserting uh, warehouse district and uh, uh, th- this became the uh, the place to go to then after that. If every gallery fills a niche or need in this constellation of galleries, what role or identity has Hammer Gallery taken on in relationship to the larger well, Chicago art scene? my love for art. I mean, we've certainly broadened our, our horizon in terms of what we offer. We're, we've, we've become known for representing um, other than folk art, outsider art, which is a little bit different in terms of uh, not following the folk traditions that uh, probably uh, are connoted in the other title. Uh, and also uh, we started, uh, there were a number of artists who felt even though they were educated, they belonged in this gallery and we slowly uh, began to take on uh, uh, schooled artists uh, to uh, be a part of our program and our curriculum and all of it seemed to fit within the context of what you know, a personal vision uh, uh, that I had uh, was, and uh, as a result, uh, that expansion and uh, that kind of identity uh, as being exclusively folk and outsiders slowly disappeared. Though we do still represent uh, uh, both genres of the art forms. Well, I I believe that that kind of uh, experience, that aha experience, uh, happens to me every day. Um, if I see 
a piece of artwork that uh, I haven't seen for a while, or if I see a new piece of artwork somewhere, I'm constantly on the internet looking at younger artists and artists that uh, that aren't represented here in Chicago, and and um, those aha moments probably uh, uh, consist of happening every day, or actually actually do happen every day in terms of my interest and. Not that I take all these artists on, but it's uh, it's it's uh, an inspiration to go out and find someone and uh, and and something that uh, would excite my audience and my uh, my my collecting uh, uh, audience as well. Seeing as we didn't want to neglect the obvious, I wanted to ask Carl Hammer about how COVID nineteen had affected the gallery and its operations. Certainly, uh, business has fallen off considerably before, I mean, we, we're, we're preparing the gallery, as you saw when you walked in for an, a new exhibition. I don't know how that, what's going to happen with that show in terms of uh, audience. I mean, we're, we certainly uh, follow the guidelines, sworn to the uh, guidelines that have been established for having an open uh, business like we have. <clears throat> but I, we, 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 we have a very... Uh, small. It's summer also, but we have a very small amount of traffic coming in into the gallery presently. I'm hoping that with the show that we're installing right now, uh, that uh, because the the artist's name is pretty iconic with the, with the Chicago uh, collecting community, uh, we, you know, I'm hoping that we're going to have a nice response. But still. We have to limit, uh, on this floor, there can be no more than 10 people on this floor, nor on the first floor. So at the very most we could ever have in this gallery at one time would be, you know, 14 to 15 people, uh, including the, uh, not including the gallerist and the, uh, and the help that I have. Thank you to Carl Hammer for taking time to sit down with me for a quick interview in a crazy time. Thank you to his staff for making us feel right at home. And also, a big thank you to every listener for joining us on our first stop at a cross-country journey. Next, we're going to be jumping into Hyde Park, just melts 10 miles south, and into the dopest collection of uh, art inspired by the Star Wars universe that I've seen to date, at least from just such a community-based gallery. I love what they've done. I look forward to getting into it. And thank you so much, everybody. Please support us on Patreon and also at artifications.com. Check us out. Let's engage in a conversation about the arts because our goal is simple, to make the art world just a little smaller. I'm Roland Ramos. Thanks for joining us. Take care.